we're in Titus, and we started last last time. We've we've done one study, and this is study one sixty four, and uh, we got three verses in on uh, the uh, the salutation area of the of the book, and we. Two studies ago, we we went and looked over the uh, the introduction that, that the companion Bibles have at, at the beginning of each book, and I, I really enjoy that. And I come to realize that Titus and Timothy uh, are pretty closely regarded <coughs> by Paul as in the same aspect of being that and I think Titus was written a good bit before Second Timothy because this is at the end of Paul's life. But when you look at Titus one and you go back and you look at First Timothy three, it's almost the same. It's not the same because they were things that Paul points out to each one, but is very close to being uh, kind of the, the the same thing as as what he wrote from one to the other. And uh, I'm not kicking it or anything like that, but I just noticed that that that's the way it worked out. So we're going to we're going to start in First Timothy four, and. Uh, We'll go as far as our time will allow us today. And uh, so I'm going to read it out of the King James Version. And then we'll read my notes. And then we'll read it down from the Koine Greek. And then we'll read Jack's notes and see what Jack has left for us to look at as far as Scripture goes. So that's. The way we've been doing it, and it seems to have been work, working out pretty good for these three and three years and some few weeks, I guess. It's the study 164, so if you think about 52 weeks in a year, that's... Yeah, you know. So we, we've... And we've missed a few weeks, so it... Probably worked out about three years. And then, uh, Friday will be, uh, Bobby Ann's little dog's birthday. She'll be 11 years old. And, uh, it's just me and her there. So she owns the house and I, I live there and she feed her. I live, I live there and feed her. That's yeah. what she did. Okay. Verse four it says this. To Titus, mine own son after the common faith, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Savior, from God the Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ our Savior. So, we're looking again at uh, the address on the envelope. This is Titus. To Titus. You can't get any much closer to the address on the envelope and that. The only thing missing is the area code. <laughs> okay, it says, Mine own son 
after the common faith full stop. So, the common faith, if you go back with Titus and if you read the, the introduction over there, it says that the first 15 chapters of Acts, they felt like that Titus was the one that uh, subscribed it to Luke to get what he got there because he only addresses himself as us in the 16th chapter of the book of Acts. And so if Titus was there earlier on, well, then I can understand why Paul uses the word common faith. Because if that was the case, and Paul came along in the ninth chapter of the book of Acts, he didn't know the mystery truth at that point. Because it hadn't been given. It would not be given until Acts 28. So, when you, when you see that word common faith there, then you realize that, that it's, it's, we're not talking about mystery truth here. And I wanted to make that quite plain as we went along. Okay. Uh, in my notes I put here it is the acknowledgement uh, without the mystery and to the finishing of the work of Christ. Because, see, if Titus was there from the beginning of the book of Acts, uh, then he, he certainly got to see uh, the finished work that was done before Christ ascended back into heaven. And then it talks about grace, peace, and mercy. And this is the things that the Holy Spirit imparts to a chosen saint, an adopted child of God. The Spirit of the Holy Spirit gives all directional gifts showing the power of Christ toward us. If you don't believe that, you can read 1 Timothy 1 too. And, uh, and so that, that's what we're gonna look at when we, we start into our, uh, looking at our scripture here. But let's see what Jack and Melda says about it in verse 4. As down, brought down from, uh, the Koine Greek to Titus on child. According to common faith, grace and peace from God, Father, and Christ Jesus, the Savior of us. And then on down to the more modern English, to Titus, my own child. According to the common faith, grace and peace from God, Father, and our Savior Jesus Christ. And then Jack writes this. And says this, Paul may have brought Titus into the acknowledgement of the mystery 
along with the acknowledgement of Jesus as the Messiah. So you see, if it all started back in Acts 1, or somewhere around that point, or even at, or even with Paul as far as Acts 9, it was still a difference there in the dispensational aspect of this. The latter would be thought of as the common faith. And it said, Paul loves Titus and regards him in a family way. As he addresses him, he wishes him the deepest blessings. Grace and peace are great wishes upon Titus. In the Trinitarian blessing, God the Spirit is only mentioned as God. This is characteristic of the low key of the function of the Spirit. And Jack goes on to say, when he concludes these words in his notes, it said, the Spirit always uplifts the Christ. And that's certainly true. Uh, Because they were told, they were, they were told early in Acts to, to dwell there in Jerusalem until the Comforter comes. And certainly we, we now understand more as to what the Comforter, uh, brings to us in, in the terms of being indwelled with the Holy Spirit rather than having it with us. The indwelling is something truly that we should be thankful for each and every day and every hour of our life. That we should say thank you Lord for giving us direction and giving us understanding with that direction as to what and how you want things done concerning you and your word. Okay, so that is the uh, the reading of our two set of notes here. And for there, we're going to look at uh, three places that Jack has uh, asked us to look at. And we're going to look at that First Timothy 1, 2. First Timothy 1, 2. And it says this, Under Timothy, my own son, in the faith, grace, mercy, and peace from God our Father and Jesus Christ our Lord. And so he goes on to tell us uh, that he says, As I besought thee to abide still at Ephesus, when I went into Macedonia, that thou mightest charge some that they teach no other doctrine. Because, see, this is the reason that Timothy was not with Paul here in, in, in this epistle. Because Paul was giving instructions or causing it to be written back to Timothy that he wanted to see Timothy again. First and Second Timothy, because they weren't together at that point. So here was words 
with an earlier one and a later one concerning uh, what we're looking at and, and what we're dealing with. Okay, Second Timothy uh, 4.16. All you got to do if you got a companion Bible is to turn it back one page if you're in, in Titus 1. So, 2 Timothy 4, 16 and 17. Paul says this. He's already said he is ready to be offered. And the time of his departure was at hand. And how he had fought the good fight and all this. But we get down to 16 and he says, At my first answer, no man stood with me, but all men forsook me. Full stop. Think about that a minute. He says, I pray God that it may not be laid to their charge. Notwithstanding, the Lord stood with me and he strengthened me that by me the preaching might be fully known that all the Gentiles might hear. And I was delivered out of the mouth of the lion. So that was, that was Paul's testimony of that. Now, we've got one more place to look in four. Uh, no. I'm back. I'm back to looking at three again. No, I, I, I wanted to look at first Timothy. I wanted to look at second Peter one, one and two. Let's go to Second Peter 1, 1 and 2. I made these notes a while back, so I'm having, I'm not as used to them as I am when I do them about the same day or close to the same time. Okay, Second Peter 1. We have that in common then. Huh? We have that in common there. Yeah. Second Peter one. I'll get there in a minute. One and two. It says Simon Peter. A servant and an apostle of Jesus Christ to them that have obtained like precious faith with us through the righteousness of God and our Savior Jesus Christ. Grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. According as His divine power hath given unto us all things pertaining to life, unto life, and godliness through the knowledge of him that hath called us to glory and to virtue. Now, let's look at Jude 3. Jude 3. Well, there ain't no chapter. Let's see which way did I go to get 
Jude just before Revelation. Yeah, right? before Revelation. <laughs> One more chapter. Look at verse 3. He said, Beloved, when I, when I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation, it was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you that you should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. It said, For there are certain men crept in unawares who were before of old adorned to this commentation, ungodly men turning the grace of our God into lasciviousness and denying the only Lord God, our Lord Jesus Christ. So that was the three things that I was supposed to be reading. But, uh, 1 Timothy 1 2 was part of it, so here we are. Now, let's look at verse 5. Uh, and I, I put in my notes that Jude was the brother of James. At least that's what I thought. That's what I understood. Okay, let's look at Titus, first chapter, verse 5. It says, For this cause left I thee in Crete. You remember, Timothy was left in Macedonia. So, it, the mode of operations uh, with, with Paul seems to be pretty conclusive to be about close to the same thing that thou should have set in order the things that are wanting and ordain elders in every city and thou had appointed thee full stop so there was a need there and the need uh, was there for someone to stay there and make sure that Paul's messages were being put forward in the way that he would like for them to be. And we, we see in, in some of these things for this cause or uh, anyway it seems like the very first word of a, of a, of a verse is the word for, and that word there is charin, C-H-A-R-I-N, or on this account, for this cause, or on this account. It's, Paul says, left I thee, uh, or I deposited you on Crete, in Crete, or on Crete, and this and there's a, a note in the Companion Bible that says it's an island in the Aegean Sea. Still uses the same name today. And it's about 140 miles long and about 50 miles wide. Uh, it's a pretty good little stretch of land that uh, 
the Titus is uh, supposed to kind of reign over in Paul's stead uh, somewhat to uh, fill up or, or to uh, get uh, <laughs> the order situated here to, to where uh, these people can see and understand what needs to, to go or to be done. So uh, it said that thou shouldest set in order or straighten out certain organizational uh, <coughs> understandings uh, and needs. Uh, the things that are wanting, as Paul writes, now these are as to the wishes of Paul and the wishes of God, because Paul is doing the will of of the Father, and certainly uh, they don't vary. And uh, and so, if we're in God's will uh, at this point in time, certainly uh, Paul is in God's will also, and doing the work that uh, was laid out for them to do. And it, it said, and ordain or appoint elders in every city as I, Paul, hath appointed or commanded thee. And certainly, uh, as Paul is talking to Titus here, he uh, feels like he needs to give him a command to do these things. He says, In every city thy Paul hath appointed or commanded thee. And then we've got several places that we need to look at in verse 5 there. But let's go back to verse 5 and read uh, Jack's rendering of this. Out of the Koine Greek it says, For this cause I left you in Crete, that the things lacking should be set further straight and might appoint according to city elders as I to you gave charge. So this is how Paul put it. Now how it came out in the Koine Greek because it says, I've given you charge to do this. And, uh, and in Jack's notes of this, it says, Titus had been directed by Paul to straighten out certain organizational needs. Uh, these are not uh, elucidated, but you can be certain that they tend to orderliness. There is no reason here to believe that God was instituting a prescribed church order replete with ritual and a hierarchy of Ecclesiastes. However, he was instructed to appoint elders to help with the spiritual leadership of the body or the group of assembly. I'm not sure, I guess at this point, 
it wasn't the common faith anymore. Jack talks about uh, the leadership of the body. So, uh, we, uh, we got some verses to look at here, too. And, uh, we'll go ahead and pick up with them. And I put them in order as you find them in, in scripture, not as Jack has got them in the, his notes here, but, uh, it's just easier for me to go down the list to start with from the most early in the scripture on down toward and work toward the end that way. So, uh, I want to go back to Matthew 24 and we'll start there. We'll go back to Matthew 24. <coughs> Okay, and we're going to start at 42 and read through 47. 2442 to 47. It says, Watch therefore. And that's a full stop. For you know not what hour your Lord doeth come. But know this that if a good man of the house had known in what watch the thief would come, he would have watched and would not have suffered his house to be broken up. Therefore, be ye also ready, for in such an hour as ye think not, the Son of Man cometh. Who then is the faithful and wise servant, whom his Lord hath made ruler over his household to give them meat in due season? Blessed is that servant to whom the Lord, when he cometh, shall find so doing. It says in verse 47, Verily I say unto you, He that shall make him rule, that he shall make him ruler over all his goods. So, be on watch, Matthew says. Be on watch because there's a lot here you don't know. And that, that's certainly true. And the next one is in Acts 6. Is in Acts 6. Let's see if we can get over here to Acts. Okay. In Acts 6, we're going to look at 1 through 4. And it's partly on one page and the rest of it's on another page, but it starts on 1589. If you have a companion Bible, six one. And in those days, when the number of the disciples were multiplied, there arose a murmuring of the Christians against the Hebrews because their widows were neglected in the daily ministration. 
Then the twelve called the multitude of the disciples unto them and said, It is not reason that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. Wherefore, brethren, look ye out among you seven men of honest report, full of the Holy Ghost and wisdom, whom we may appoint over this business. But we will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the Word. So, that was the thought there as they started to expand and and to uh, put in place people of responsibility and uh, and full of the Holy Ghost to do that uh, appointments that were supposed to be over the business of that group. Okay, so that was Act Six. Now the next one is. 1 Corinthians 14. First Corinthians 14. We almost got to 15, didn't we? 1 Corinthians 14. We're going to look at 37 through 40. That's on page 1721. 37 to 40. The last three verses in chapter 14. It says, If any man think himself to be a prophet or spiritual, let him acknowledge that the things that I write unto you are the commandments of the Lord. But if any man be ignorant, let him be ignorant. Wherefore, brethren, covet to prophecy and forbid not to speak with tongue. Let all things be done decently and in order. So, uh, the next one is going to be, uh, 1 Timothy 5 1. So first Timothy five one and it's just one verse on page eighteen oh four. And it says Rebuke not an elder, but entreat him as a father, and the younger man as brethren. So, this is the way that Paul asked Timothy to look at someone that uh, had been made an elder of, of the group. And the rest of, rest of, or a lot of this in 5 2 is uh, talking about uh, the elder women and the, and the widows and so on and so forth, which was a, a long verse, a long chapter of Timothy, but it needed to be 
I think it needed to be done because sometimes Timothy needed to be prodded a little bit because uh, Timothy was a young man when he started in the business of doing this. And he looked back at the men that had been uh, appointed to fulfill uh, the job of being a prophet. And many of them didn't make it very far because uh, when the, the people were when God gave the prophets something to tell the people, a lot of time they rose up against the prophet. They 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 couldn't kill they couldn't kill the message, but I guess they could do away with the message. So and and so that would uh, that would put a little crank. Uh, uh, would, as the old saying goes, put a little clod in your chair. Uh, if you just sat down and thought about it and, and maybe Timothy had some words or thoughts about, well, you know, I don't know about, this. you could lose your life doing this. Uh, and, uh, you know, to, to give it some thought would not have been a thing way out of order, I don't guess, but still. You know, nobody wants to just step into something that they're not sure of. So, but I think that sometimes that's the way it works with uh, with people that uh, are not real sure about about their faith. I want to look at uh, Hebrews nine. Look at verse eleven. And I want to go from 11 to 15. And this is Paul talking to these young people that had made it through the 40 years in the wilderness. And, uh, and Paul is talking to them and understanding that, uh, they were looking for milk, but they needed meat. In the word. And Paul says, I'm here to teach you. And this is what he, some of what he told them. He said, but Christ being come a high priest of good things to come by a greater and more perfect tabernacle, not made with hands, that is to say, not of this building, neither by the blood of goats and calves, but by his own blood, he entered in once into the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption for us. Amen. For if the blood of bulls and of goats and the ashes of a heifer sprinkled, sprinkling <clears throat> the unclean sanctifies to the purifying of the flesh, how much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God purge your conscience from dead works 
and to serve the living God. And for this cause he is the mediator of the New Testament, that by means of death, for the redemption of the transgressions that were under the First Testament, they which are called might receive the promise of eternal inheritance. Thank you, Lord, for that reading. Amen. Okay. Now we'll go back <coughs> to Timothy, uh, Titus again. I'm sorry. Sometimes I get Timothy and Titus mixed up. Back to Titus 1. Let's look at verse 6. And so this is, this is part of the instructional part that Paul gave to Titus uh, concerning him being left in Crete. It says, If any be blameless, talking about those that he was looking for to uh, ordain elders. So it says, If any be blameless, the husband of one wife, having faithful children, not accused of right or unruly. And so it says, if any man, in my notes, I put man there, if any man be blameless or unaccused, the husband, and a husband, and if you look up Appendage 123.2, it means an aner or an honor, and, and that is an honorable title. The husband is an honorable title. Should be. And him being uh, the husband of one wife, having faithful children, and this is appendage 150, Dash three, and it means true children, are those that were true to mom and dad or father and mother, not accused of right or unruly. Looking at the family situation and within the family rule there that, uh, the family rule is important because if you can't rule your own family, how can you rule yeah. under God's under God's situation and, and the, the things that that needs to be dealt with that way? So let's look at what Jack says about it in verse six out of the Koine Greek. If anyone is unimpeachable, meaning there's no cause found within him to be suspect of anything, of one wife, husband, children having belief, 
not an accusation of dissoluteness or insubordination or insubordinate. And I'll read it out of the more modern English. If anyone is unimpeachable of one wife, a husband having faith children, not an accusation or dissolutionist or insubordination. So this this job there, if you take it as an elder, you should uh, be able to rule your own house and to be able to rule uh, the assembly or the group. Jack says this, the person to be given a leadership role should be unimpeachable. That is, he should not be justly accused of a breach in practice as to impugn his leadership and teaching. There are varieties of teaching concerning the one wife by various reputation scholars. They were in those days believers who had come into the body with more than one wife from their past religion and cultural lives. <coughs> Certainly these folks would not be eligible to lead fellow body members into different lives. The children of these elders must be the children who have believed in his headship and manifest that belief. They should not have been accused of dissoluteness or insubordination with reasonable cause. And here, in verse 6, there is only three places that Jack asks us to look at. Two of them are in 1 Timothy and one of them is in Luke. So we'll do We'll do Luke 15 first and 6. Okay. Luke 15 verses 3 to 5. Luke 15. Verses 3 to 5, and this again is on split page, so we'll start with verse 5. Wait a minute. Fifteen, verse 3 to 5. Yeah. Okay. That's on page uh, 1479. Yeah. And he said, He spake this parable unto them, saying, What man of you, having a hundred sheep, if he loses one of them, doth not leave the ninety and nine in the wilderness and go after that which is lost until he finds it? That was the question. 
And when he had found it, he left it on his shoulders, rejoicing. I'll just read one more. And when he cometh home, he calleth together his friends and neighbors, saying unto them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep, which was lost. So that could be applied to mankind the same way. So, you know, when when the Lord told uh, was it Peter to feed my sheep, <coughs> he was talking about those that were his according to belief and trust. Okay. We're going to go to 1 Timothy 3. You know, we uh, we seem like we beat it to death when uh, we was in here, but uh, Jack puts us back there again and, and this is where I understood uh, in 6 here and I want to look at uh, 1 Timothy 3 1 through 4 it says this is a true saying and that's on page 1802 you have a companion Bible. This is a true saying. If a man desire the office of a bishop, he desires the good work. A bishop must then be blameless, the husband of one wife, vigilant, sober, of good behavior, good to hospitality, apt to teach, not given to wine nor striker, not greedy of filth or lucre, but be patient, not a brawler or covetous. One that ruleth well his own house, having his children in subjection with all gravity. So you see, that's, that's pretty much what we're going to get involved in in verse 7. We got time. 925. We'll keep it for next time. <laughs> but having read that, uh, keep in mind that the next study we'll start with seven and, uh, and ready and look back at, at first Timothy three and realize that these things are Almost identical. Not identical, but almost identical. But yet, uh, <coughs> he's talking to two different men at two different times. And so there, there's plenty of parallels here there's, uh, that we, we can look at and say, okay, uh, Paul is telling both of these individuals what they need to know. What they need to understand at the day that they were, that he was writing to tell them this. We'll pick it up with seven there the next time and 
and continue on. Because when you sometimes there's quite a lot of scripture to look at, and sometimes there's not a whole lot the way that Jack got it laid out. But nevertheless, I like the way he does it, and and it has really been a blessing and a help to me uh, to understand it that way that I can pick it up and take it and go with it and have some. Yeah, it's a, uh, feeling that, uh, a first-rate reference book, in my opinion. To understand that the Word testifies of itself all the time. And that's, that's the difference between the Word of God and any other book you pick up. Because, you know, it testifies of itself. And so that's, that was done, I think, because that God meant for it to be that way, for sure. So thank you, and uh, I hope you have a good uh, Thanksgiving Day. And let's truly remember those that uh, are in need one way or the other, whether it be for uh, the worldly things of maybe a place to lay down with because you know it seems like that was the problem with Christ he you know he had nowhere to lay his head a lot of times uh, because of uh, of where he was sent and what he had to do to get the word out the way that the Lord wanted him to do it the way that God the Father wanted him to do it. And so, uh, that still applies in this day and time, even more so, seems like recently than ever before in my life that I ever remember it being as bad as it is. And, and it seems like Seems like it's not getting any worse. I mean, any better. But uh, nevertheless, we're still here. And we've been called to do service to the Lord's work. And so we're here to do that. We're not here anymore. God bless you. And have a good rest of the week. And remember, those things you see in those things you don't see sometimes are equally as important. God bless.